0: Build Your Network episode 116.
1: Hey, this is Josh Elledge from Up My Influence. And if you want to learn how to level up your influence, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition
0: I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest. But first, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, Head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. Love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Josh Ellidge. Josh is a U.S. Navy veteran and launched upmyinfluence.com to help turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, increasing their authority, influence, and revenue. He also started savingsangel.com, which has grossed more than $6 million in sales with less than $500 in advertising. Josh writes a syndicated newspaper column to 1.1 million readers and regularly appears on more than 75 TV stations across the country. All told, Josh has appeared in the media more than 2,000 thousand times. Josh, welcome to the show, man. Super excited to have you. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're most excited about right now?
1: (laughs) You know, thank you, Travis. I am most excited about turning thoughtful entrepreneurs into media celebrities and kind of seeing firsthand what happens When they start gaining more and more respect. So, you know, when they show up to conferences, they're invited to speak as opposed to just being an attendee and they get people that are following them around and asking them questions. And there's a very clear formula on how to get to that point. And I'm so glad that we're talking today because a lot of it has to do with networking.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I feel like most of it would have to do with networking. I'm, I'm super happy to have you on the show to talk about this a little bit more, but let's go ahead and first of all, kind of go into your story. How did you get started with all this?
1: Yeah, so I launched a company 11 years ago called Savings Angel, okay. and our mission was to help consumers cut their grocery bill in half. And it was completely out of need because at the time, my dear wife and I were trying to manage our bills and I was not doing a very good job at it. And I remember we started doing a spending plan and I asked my wife, I'm like, Hey, honey, how much do we spend at the grocery store? Like, I don't know, maybe like 400 bucks a month. And she laughed at me. It was like, are you kidding? We've got three kids. We spend like $800. I was like, Oh my gosh, that is a big ticket item. (laughs) And so I thought, man, there's gotta be a better way. So I ended up developing a system that could scientifically cut my grocery bill in half. And I knew that it was a great idea. I mean, but everyone has great ideas. I mean, there are a lot of really talented and smart business people out there, but I knew exposure was everything. Like I just knew that if I could get enough people to see it, Mm -hmm. then people would buy it and I could potentially make a living by helping people. So I didn't have any money at the time, so I couldn't do any advertising. So I started reaching out to local media and I said, I don't have any money, but I'd really love to provide some content. You know, could we do a segment? Could we do something? And thankfully, a a local radio station showed pity on me (laughs) and they had me on. (laughs) And it was amazing because I had gone in and done a three minute segment, got home, and I had made over $300. But in recurring revenue, it turned out to be about $1,500. Wow. And for a three minute segment. And that was huge for me because at the time, I couldn't even pay my heating bill. Like I was worried about losing my third home. Wow. I mean, that's, that's how miserable the situation I was in. And it just sucks as a husband and father to you know, to feel like you're working hard, you've got great ideas, you've got great talent, you've got great skills, and just the world isn't really recognizing you just yet because they don't know about you. So I got my big break, and and I kind of used that, and I just kind of went in week after week after week, and kept on working, kept on getting more clients, and I started doing major market radio, and then I started doing writing a syndicated, or started writing a newspaper column that became a syndicated newspaper column, and I started doing local TV, and that became syndicated TV. And today, now eleven years later, I've I've actually been in the media over two thousand times, wow. and we've generated more than six million dollars in revenue, and I've spent less than five hundred dollars in advertising.
0: Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Isn't it always so fascinating to me to hear stories like this because I feel like it always starts with that first experience where like what you're just talking about, you know, like I finally got on this radio show that had pity on me and then (laughs) I made a thousand bucks and then like we hear that and we're like a thousand bucks. That's not that much money. But the fact that you made it is the catalyst for all the rest of the money that you made, you know, like, Oh, you are you kidding? Didn't make that. Yeah. Like that uh, no, was the that, realization that it was possible, right?
1: Oh my gosh, that $300. I cannot tell you because that very week, I can't tell you like how important that was that very week. Their utility company had told me that they were going to shut off my heat if I couldn't pay my gas bill. And this is in West Michigan in the middle of winter. And so that $300 paid for my gas bill. Wow. So it was everything. It completely just, it let me know that, you know, for the past three and a half, four months, I had spent developing the site. I'm not a good developer, but I mean, it was, and it was really ugly, but you know, it it did the job, but yeah, that was everything for me. And you know, my wife, I just felt like I was a, I was providing for my family, which I yeah. felt like that's what I was supposed to do. And, and I'm just so honored that that worked out. And now since then, I've been able to do a lot of pro bono work and help a lot of other startups kind of create the same thing. And you know, by really just, rather again, rather reluctantly, I just kind of found myself in a new role of, as I was helping and doing a lot of pro bono work for all these other startups in our local startup community, they started having success with my advice. So they asked if they could start paying me and I was like, well, I guess, I <laughs> sure, <laughs> why not? And yes, yeah, sure enough, I mean, it, that I started doing consulting on a regular basis and then it became an agency. And now it's become really this amazing service that, that we've helped over a thousand people now become media celebrities. Wow. You know, And that's at upmyinfluence.com. And, and we're just so grateful for the work that we get to do to help other people shorten the learning curve so that they can kind of get out of that period where, They're just not being recognized for the good work that they're doing. Like every, it feels so good to be appreciated and it feels Mm -hmm. so good to be respected. And I just, I just want that for everybody, quite frankly, because I know what it's like to you know, and feel like you're sucking as an entrepreneur.
0: <laughs> I was, I was going to say, but so what, what were you that. doing before Savings Angel then? Were you doing other entrepreneurial ventures or were you an employee yeah. somewhere? Or what was that looking like?
1: Yeah, no, I had failed in business six times. And some of them more spectacular than others, more, spectacularly <laughs> more than spectacular than others. More spectacular
0: I, failures than others. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match
1: but I just, it was in me. I would rather work for myself, you know, 16 hours a day so that I wouldn't have to work for somebody else. Eight hours, eight to 10 hours a day. Exactly. I don't know why (laughs) the curse is the the way I'm wired. You know, it's kind of funny. Like I actually did my family history one time and I found out that my great, great granddaddy, here's an old timey name, Amos Elledge sold blocks of ice. He was a proprietor in an ice business. No way. Yeah. So you go back generations, it's like it's all your blood, like small man. business owners, man.
0: Yeah. Can't get away from it. It's in your blood. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so funny. I think that's just part of the curse of being an entrepreneur, so to speak, is like, you just, just can't do it. It's just, uh, you know, I think we've all tried, probably almost all of us anyway, have tried to work for somebody else. It just doesn't work out. Did, did you have problems with authority growing up, Josh, or were, or were you pretty like, were, were you a pretty quote unquote good kid?
1: No, I'd say I was. I was definitely like, I didn't like looking at teachers as authority figures. Mm. And so when they tried to play the authority card on me, I'm like, I guess I just wanted to kind of work with them as peers almost. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's a really, I've never had anybody ask me that. But (laughs) oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And my yeah. poor
1: parents, God bless them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what, <laughs> but, yeah, that's what they, I tell people all the time. I will absolutely
1: tell you that I was absolutely, you know, maybe it's because I was a firstborn, but absolutely, yeah, was not the uh, most obedient kid of theirs, for <laughs> yeah, sure. Compliant, yeah. Yeah, no. Exactly. No, you know what's really interesting? Have you seen on Netflix, there's a show called The Push? Yes. I, I was okay. going to bring
0: that up, but I was afraid nobody's ever heard of that. So, but oh, yes, my gosh. I absolutely love that. That yeah, was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Uh, my buddy- so,
0: Jordan Harbinger recommended I go watch it and I checked it out as soon as he told me and man I've, I've showed like a bunch of people since then it's incredible
1: yeah so one thing I discovered you know and I knew this about myself I am like super super low compliance <laughs> yeah. like you know like all the stuff about like the sitting up and standing down mm-hmm. you know the standing up uh, and sitting have been, down I'd <laughs> wait a minute, this is like that one experiment. Are you kidding me? What are you guys all doing? (laughs) Like you guys are acting, you know, it's like, and I don't know if this is a good thing, but I'm just always like extremely rational about rules Right. and just like, wait a minute, I don't have to do that. That, that,
0: Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I explain it. Like I never saw myself as a rebellious kid or rebellious person, but only if it's within reason. Like, if I can't figure out the reason why you're saying to do this, then it just like, that's when I draw the line. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not rebelling against rules just because they're rules. But if it doesn't make any sense, then it's like, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So no, I will not be doing that. Yeah, Yeah, man, that's so funny. But we digress. We should get back into the business conversation here. And since so much of your work has been around networking, let's just go ahead and start talking about that conversation and really, really dive deep into this. So this This is the question I usually ask to get things started in the right direction. I ask every guest that comes on the show this question. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important, Josh, and why?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, and this is really interesting, and I'm sure you've dug into this before. I happen to believe that, and I've studied luck, like what makes people lucky, you know, when people say, oh my gosh, they're so lucky. Like, what do they do? Mm -hmm. And people who are open to new ideas, and they believe, they have this fundamental belief that everybody, no matter where they're at in life, like it could be, you know, the dude working behind the counter at the gas station or whatever, right? It could be the person that's begging money. Like everybody, I have a fundamental belief that everybody has value to bring. So if you believe that everybody is like holding a gift and all you have to do is discover what that gift is. And it's a new insight. It's a new way of, believing. It's a new way of just understanding, oh, wow, I didn't know that some people believe like that or Mm -hmm. feel that way or have that opinion. Like that makes me a better person. And I feel like, you know, I don't want to be necessarily a chatterbox, you know, with everybody. But I feel like, you know, when I meet a stranger, like I'd like to find out, Okay, well, God, why did you put this person in front of me? Is there something I should learn here? And so I feel like I'm always on this quest to figure out you know, why in this case is, you know, again, because I have this belief that life is happening for me, not to me. Mm. And so if life is always happening for me, then it seems like I should really kind of be inquisitive about that and find out why is this happening for me? And, you know, oftentimes, again, with people, I just need to find out what can I gain from our experience?
0: Yeah, right. Man, being curious is, I don't know if underrated is the right word, but it's definitely not talked about as much as it should be. And yeah. and, and that sounds like exact, just being inquisitive about things and having that curiosity of like, why is this happening and, and what is happening and all that kind of stuff. So in the end, you're in the who you know
1: camp, right? Yeah. And what's interesting about that is, you know, most people love to go on and on about themselves, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. And if you ask people about them, this, you know, kind of basic how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. But I actually feel rather Machiavellian about it, where if I'm asking people questions and I'm letting them chat because I feel like you're at that moment. Like they are giving me value right. by telling me what they know, and so the more questions I ask them, and I tend to, again, I tend to be a very inquisitive young lad, um, <laughs> and you know, and I feel like at the end of the conversation, you know, they might feel like, oh, oh I got more value out of that conversation because I went on, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, uh, uh-uh, man, you just, I just learned so much right. about you and about this and these people or whatever your experience, and that makes me better, that makes me stronger, and I feel like. If you genuinely love people and this is kind of outside the whole extrovert introvert thing that everyone loves to talk about on and on and on and on and on about on Facebook. Mm-hmm. like but if you just genuinely love people, like you are just bound to have a blessed, happy and lucky life. Yeah. I just believe it,
0: right. Right. That's one of the first things that I have have a little ebook called uh, Groupology, how to connect with people in Facebook groups. And the first like four or five points are all philosophical points of how to connect with people. But those philosophical points are basically things that are just all around in connecting with people anywhere, not just online, not just in Facebook groups. And that's one of them is being genuine. There's so many people that are just either they're really genuine and they don't know how to connect with people, meaning that they're genuine and they're genuinely asking for business all the time and annoying people and pissing people Mm -hmm. off. You know, or they go the other way and they go that's not the way to do it I'm going to be the person to try to give but it's totally disingenuous it's all about them they're only doing it because they want something in return in hopes that they get something in return and it's not genuine Mm. at all and people will sniff that out eventually anyway it's
1: all just comes back to short
0: term thinking and people don't give other people enough credit (laughs) you know like they'll be like oh why didn't this work out for me I gave so much value and it's like maybe that person just sniffed out the whole time that you were just wanting something the whole time from them instead of just actually doing it to try to help.
1: Yeah. And in my world with, you know, trying to, so what we do is we help thoughtful entrepreneurs become media celebrities. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that it's through networking is. So if they say, well, gosh, you know, more than anything, I would like to be in so-and-so's inner circle. Okay. Well, I could tell you how to get there. You got to serve your way there. And so mm-hmm. everybody who's successful in business understands the law of association. Yeah. And I'm sure you, you know, your audience definitely understands this definitely. combined average of the five people you hang around with most. So here's mm-hmm. the deal. If you don't like where your station in life is, you got to change your associations. And so, of course, you know this, but you have to understand that people above you, they also know this. And so they are constantly looking to improve their associations. And so if you're coming and you're kind of coming up to them, and again, it's not that they're a better person than you. They just happen to have maybe a bit more authority than you and a bit more influence online and in business and in their industry and that sort of thing. The way to get in is that to people who are above you is you have to serve your way in and you have to provide them value. A really great example that I use in the movie Finding Dory, there's a goofy sea lion. His name is Gerald. And the cool sea lions are on this sea lion rock. And, you know, they're chatting with Marlin and I don't know, whoever else was there. But they never let Gerald on the rock, you know, because okay. they're the cool sea lions. But there is one time when they do. And it's when they ask him to go get a bucket. And so Gerald then performs an active service and he gets to hang out on sea lion rock. Now, these sea lions are jerks and they eventually just kind of bark him off again. But again, that's what you want to do is yeah. you want to be a thoughtful, helpful person. And you'll be amazed at who you can connect with. It's amazing. Like I have people that, you know, they spam me and they're like, hey, I want to guest blog on your blog and I want some links back. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're right. Really? Right. Exactly. You think that approach really works? Yeah. Right? That, well, that's it, it the actually, thing is
0: apparently sometimes it does
1: yes. or like they that's wouldn't the only keep reason. doing it. You know? Yeah.
0: I get those. Like, yeah. I'm sure you do are the same way. you know, two, three, four times a week. I get some of those and, and, people that are more influential than you and I would probably get hundreds of those on a weekly basis of these requests that are just complete and utter nonsense of like, oh, I'll do this for you. But you got to promise me that you'll email your entire list and tell them about me. And it's like, oh, my gosh, does this really work with some people like
1: and the people that it does work
0: with? Do you really want to do business with them? You know,
1: like imagine if you will, being a journalist, some journalists will get 50 to 100 spam emails a day from people that are just trying to pitch, you know, oh, you should really do a story about me because we just launched version 3.2 X of our new software Mm -hmm. and it's life changing and revolutionary. It's like, oh please stop. It doesn't work. Stop spamming. Stop using those tools that, oh, we guarantee you, you know, immediate access to over 2000 journalists. Okay. It doesn't work. It Mm -hmm. doesn't work. The only way that you can really make headway with journalists or other influencers is you have to join their inner circle. You have to join their groups. You know, you have to be helpful in their groups. You have to get to know them, promote their thing, engage with them, you know, be authentic. Don't be manipulative. But at some point then, you'll make an offer to be helpful that is 100% focused on what you can provide them. And you have to allow them the space then to reciprocate. A professional will reciprocate, but you cannot ask for it. You have to let them give it to you. It's not always going to happen, but you keep on giving anyway.
0: Exactly. That's the part though, Josh, that I think most people just have such a difficult time with is that they're, some people like feel like if they don't get something back, then they were used. They were taken advantage of. Oh. How do they deal with that mindset?
1: Yeah, well, you just got to let go of it. You got to think of it from your perspective, okay? If somebody who's just getting started in business and you feel like they have nothing to offer you, okay, pitches you and you could tell all they care about is just you know somehow getting you to promote their thing to your people. How Mm -hmm. do you feel? You feel horrible about it, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have anything to do with it. So they don't even get off square one. Yeah. Okay. So you compare that with somebody is like, hey, I saw that you know that social media post or that link you shared. Thank you so much for sharing that. I actually read the whole thing and it was super valuable. I'm going to implement some of that stuff in my business right now. Like, and somebody said that to you and then just left it at that. You'd be like, cool, man. I appreciate that. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's refreshing. It's like, you know, like a genuine compliment with no ask.
0: Right. Right. It's it's the long-term game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, you really have to honor the relationship. It's like dating, right? It's like, you're not going to ask for her hand in marriage on the very first date, you know, you're going to honor the relationship where it is. And you would never make an ask where it clearly looks like it's you who would benefit more than they would Mm -hmm. until you've already invested a lot into that bank and to the point where you feel like it feels natural and authentic and organic that I would now ask for, hey, Have you ever thought about discussing uh, PR on your podcast? And if so, like, I'd love to be of service to your audience. Yeah, that would be my big ask. And I've done that in my 2000 media experiences. Some of them are pretty big deals. And I got those just simply because I played the long game and I served and I served and I served. And then eventually it just seemed natural that I, I made an ask where, yeah, you know, this would be good for Josh, but it's also good for me, too.
0: Yeah, building real, genuine relationships. You said it perfectly when you you compare it to dating or something like that, and it's the same thing. Like even comparing it to something a little bit more tangible, like a real estate investment or something. Like it's the equivalent to like buying a house and then you have negative equity in it, and then you try to sell the house. Like you only <laughs> lose, you know. Like it, like, <laughs> like you that have now. you have no that. yeah you have no equity to gain from, you don't have the position to be able to ask for the price that you're asking for, Mm. because that's not what it's worth. And you do the same thing with your relationships all the time. You don't build enough relationship capital with people. You don't build enough relationship equity with people. And then you're asking from a position of debt, and that's never yeah. a strong ask. I'm a fan of the ask, to be honest, Josh. Like I, like you just said, like sometimes you have to go for the ask because if you don't ask, they wouldn't even be picking up. Like you could think that you're like hinting really well, you know, like, hey, I have this show. And then that's, you just keep talking about your podcast and stuff like that. But then they never get the hint that like, that you want them to be on it. So like eventually it'd be good just be like, hey, I would love for you to be on the show. And then they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that'd be great. But so you do have to go in for the ask, but you can't do it based on negative relationships. Relationship capital. It's just not going to work, huh? mm-hmm. especially yeah, for, sure. for the people that are really worth getting on, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Throughout your career, Josh, have you spent money, like actual money on mentorships, coaching, or mastermind <sighs> groups or anything like that? How much do you think ballpark you've spent on stuff like that?
1: You know, recently, uh, about 30, 40 grand. Okay. And then I'll tell you that that's actually kind of a recent thing for me that if you go into business with kind of a scarce, I don't want to say scarcity mindset, but if you're like, look, the only way that I'm going to learn and grow, and the only way I'm going to do this, I'm going to try and do everything myself. And I'm just going to try and thrive off of whatever I can find out there for free. Mm-hmm. Like it's good, right? Cause there's so much good content on podcasts and YouTube and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but you're really missing out. See, there are people that eat, sleep, and breathe certain things all day, every day, and that's all they care and obsess about. There's no way you can keep up with them. And so you shouldn't even bother trying. You should focus on doing one thing better than anybody else. And everything else that you need in business, you need to outsource. And the sooner and faster you can do that, and that goes for agencies, that goes for experts, that goes for coaches. Like, you have to surround yourself with powerful, influential, successful people. Yeah. yeah. And I get it at the beginning. It's hard, right? Because you're scared about making those investments. But I'm just telling you every single person I know who is wildly successful in business made the investments when it was uncomfortable and it was tough. And they're like, this is a really big risk for me. So I've invested in some really intense Tony Robbins things, gone to date with destiny, gone to business mastery. I'm in Russell Brunson's inner circle or is not his inner circle, but his two comic club coaching. That's 20 grand. You know, the Tony Robbins things, those are, those are like 10 grand. They're not cheap. I even invested to be like kind of sit up front with the diamonds and stuff because it's your associations are that powerful. Right. So I'm a big fan of it. So again, I get it. If you're like, oh, I can't even think of investing, you know, 20, 30 grand. Me too. It's tough. It feels like a big risk. But I'm just telling you that the best things that have ever happened in my business have come from scary investments. So
0: true. Yes, that's exactly the whole point, right? So whatever, quote unquote, level you are right now, as far as your income goes, just I challenge you this year to do something Personal development-wise, investing in yourself, not investing in real estate, not investing in crypto or stocks or anything like that. Take a risk on investing in yourself and stretch your budget a little bit. Do something that's scary in that sense, and I promise you it will come back to you. A couple of things will happen. Number one, it makes you commit so much more to getting value from that thing. So if you go join a free mastermind, you're not super committed to getting a ton of value from it because it's totally free. It doesn't cost you anything. There's no skin in the game. If you pay something, especially if it's something that's beyond what you think is possible to currently pay, if you get a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit itchy thinking about spending that kind of money on something, do it at least one time. I'm telling you, please do it at least one time. If I'm totally wrong, you lost a little bit of money. But if... I'm right, which I know I am because everybody I've talked to agrees with me on this just do it the one time. And once you do, you'll be hooked. The first time I ever stretched my budget and spent more money than I thought was possible for me. And it was literally like double or triple the amount of money that I'd ever spent on anything up to that point. And it came back to me so much. It's 10X the value of my podcast, my listenership. Everything about my show has started from just getting uncomfortable the one time. If you do it once, you'll be risking some money. But remember that time is the most important asset, not money. You can make money back. Time you can't get back. So if you can spend some money to save a ton of time by getting around the right people that will help you to accomplish what you're setting out to accomplish, then it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Josh, who is the best networker that you know and why did you choose them?
1: You know, I'm going to say my friend, John Libesay. And John Libesay is the pitch whisperer. And I'll tell you, the reason he's so good is he, that dude is constantly making recommendations and referrals and introductions. He is like the introduction king. (laughs) And he has sent me so much business. I have talked about him so much. Like he's always so relevant because he's always doing nice things for other people. He's doing nice things for me. So it's like, I feel like I always have to reciprocate. And no, and I want to reciprocate because he's just such a cool guy. He's a podcaster, the pitch whisperer. You know, he helps startups get funded. He tells them, you know, how to improve their presentation. Good guy.
0: Really cool. Really cool. What's one of the things that you do to try to help add value in a relationship like that? For somebody that just seems to constantly be giving, like, is there something where you're like, man, I can't even keep up with this guy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, I obviously I pay really close attention to what he's up to because I want him to feel like I'm giving back, and so I go out of my way to listen to a show. I go out of my way to watch what he's doing on social media, and I comment and I like and I favorite and I forward, I share, I give him feedback. Certainly, you know, I've got access to resources and knowledge that he does not have, and so I'm look always looking for ways that I can reciprocate. And look, I mean, when you give and give and give to people with a lot of resources, Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact is, I'm not a super influencer. But if you give to influencers, they have the power to snap their fingers and really do remarkable stuff for you. Mm -hmm. So just keep planting those seeds. And here's the deal. Where you plant your seeds, that's not necessarily where you'll gain your harvest. It'll come from unexpected places. Mm. And it might be like, if I've had that, you know, you get a, a referral, you're like, well, how did we connect? Well, so-and-so connected us. Right. Well, I don't even know so-and-so. Yeah. Well, how Who? did so-and-so, you know, that's how <laughs> yeah. it happens. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so much awesome, awesome stuff that we've talked about today, Josh. We do need to move on to the last segment here. Something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Yeah. This is the random round. What profession other than your own, do you think it would be fun to attempt?
1: Motivational speaker.
0: If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Definitely Lincoln. How do you like to consume content, books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos?
1: Audio, without a question, audio. What is a great audio you've listened to recently? Actually, I listen to YouTube videos and I've got YouTube Red. And so I listen to the audio version now while I'm out biking.
0: Give us a glimpse of your morning routine.
1: I generally try to wake up at either five or six. I do my good for you stuff first. So I do a lot of reading, listening, take the dog for a walk, have a green smoothie, just try and get the days. I know that my day is going to go exactly according to my morning routine. So I really am very thoughtful about what I do in that first hour or two. What is your
0: go-to pump-up song?
1: Oh, absolutely! Deep Purple, Highway Star. Seriously, look up that song right now. Crank it to an eleven, and go out and like you'll run your fastest mile ever. What are you not very good at? Anything that involves like bookkeeping, organization, admin. My admin person. Oh my gosh, she is my save. She's just <laughs> she's my saving angel for sure.
0: <laughs> As we get everything wrapped up here, Josh, what is one place online where we be able to find you the most?
1: I would say, you know, I do I love hosting people on a webinar where I could really do a deep dive on, you know, helping you identify the one thing that will really set you free. If you really want to break out and be a media celebrity, it all comes down to one thing. And that one thing is authority. And you may not believe me yet, but when I take you through all the uh, facts and figures and show you all the evidence, I'm going to make a believer out of you. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, Josh, thanks so much for coming to the show today, man. There's so much great content from me today. Reach out to Josh, say what's up, connect with him, tell him you heard about him on the show, but I really appreciate you coming on, man. had a great time chatting.